Do you have any thoughts about my podcast? Well, I think you should do a subject that you already know about. Well, the point of this is that I bring in someone who knows more about another subject so I can learn, too. Okay. Hello and welcome back to That's Kinda Cool. This is your host, Maggie, and joining us today is a special guest, Micah. Hello. Today, he will be discussing the Great English Vowel Shift. Can you just give us a super brief overview of what that is? Sure. So, um, language changes all the time, but um, there's a particular period around 1400 to 1450 where vowels in English changed much rapidly than they usually do. Uh, did this happen and around specifically the English-speaking world, which at that point was confined mostly to the Great Britain and Ireland islands? Yeah, so when people talk about English, they're mostly talking about British English and specifically the London uh, version of this. And uh, you do see language change in other languages, of course, and in e even in some um, other languages you get um, vowel changes at rapid paces, like in, in Middle Polish and in uh, Ancient Greek. But um, yeah, English and specifically the London Standard English. Can you give a couple examples of how the vowels changed? Sure. So in general, um, people try to frame this in terms of where in the mouth you make your vowels, right? So um, it's a general moving upwards and backwards of the longer vowels. So for example, um, you have words like goose, right? Which used to be things like ghost, right? So it goes from ghost to goose. Notice that ooh is kind of farther up and farther back in your mouth than o, right? You have the same thing with shape to sheep. Interesting. Do you know why this happened or if there was a specific set of circumstances that led to this shift? So th there are a lot of theories, right? And, and so it, it's hard to know a lot of things about um, old languages, ancient languages, um, right? So it's, it's amazing that, that we even know this happened at all, right? But um, the why is a little harder. There are a bunch of theories, though. So uh, they fall into two major classes, right? One kind of internal English and one um, class of explanations based on French influence, right? So... English accents are really varied, right? And so one theory says that um, you have the Black Death, right? And that causes a lot of people in England to uh, migrate to the southeast, closer to London. And this mixing of accents um, caused the change in how vowels are pronounced in the London, London vernacular. 
Um, there, there are also a whole host of um, French influence theories, right? Is it um, the introduction of French loan words, right? So, so these are words um, that jumped from French into common English, right? And, and so uh, maybe this has some impact, right? Maybe French was seen as prestigious and so middle-class people tried to imitate the sounds of French or um, some people even think that the war with France caused people to try to sound different from French, right? And, and did the exact reverse um, or they tried to uh, sound non-French. Is there a consensus as to if it was a deliberate shift or a natural shift? Um, it, 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 it's most probably a, a, a natural shift. Um, deliberate shifts in, in language are, are really hard to pull off, right? So the only examples I can think of are some spelling reform in um, some European countries. I, I know maybe in the 80s or something, Germany had a big spelling spelling reform movement. And even though that was very minor, there was a lot of pushback. Um, and so tr trying to instigate something like this from the top down is, is nearly impossible. Um, okay. All right. That makes sense. What about this is an indicator for other historical languages or, you know, what about this makes it special? So, okay, um, there's several answers to that question. <laughs> First is, um, right, language changes all the time. Why is this particularly more interesting, right? So it's not, it's not that uh, the vowels are changing in some unusual way, right? There's a standard kind of um, changes that uh, are common in sounds in all languages, right? Uh, you have uh, V and, and changes into F in most languages over time, it kind of decomposes, right? So these are, these are the standard changes, but much faster than you'd normally expect them. Oh, um, I see. Um, th th there's, there's, as I was talking about earlier, there's not much special about this happening in English other than it was particularly dramatic and uh, English is particularly important these days, um, <laughs> and they had the scholars to study this. Um, oh, exactly. That yeah. sort of leads into my next question, which is, how was this documented, and how do people know that it happened today? All right, so um, a fairly famous linguist, Otto Jespersen, um, was the first to, to document this, to discover this. Uh, when did that happen? Um, I don't actually know. Roughly? Uh, uh, pr probably late uh, 19th century. Okay. Um, so there are several strands of evidence, right? So, so the easiest to understand is um, you have writing from that time, right? And, and you have rhymes, right? So, so Chaucer uh, rhymed several different words um, like food and good and blood, none of which rhyme today, but uh, all of which rhymed uh, then, right? So, so the double O um, 
sounded like a, a like an O sound, right? So it's fode and goad and blowed, um, right? You also have people comparing right these to other German Germanic roots, right? So they're English words, um, and they're pronounced a certain way, but they come from the same roots as like Dutch and Norwegian and German words. Um, right, and so there, there are often a, there's often a consensus in pronunciation in those languages that English differs from, right? And so the idea is that means English is probably um, uh, pro probably changed rather than all of the other languages changing. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. This is often the way uh, people prove things in linguistics is that rather than having one kind of damning um, strand of evidence, right, th th there are lots of indicators of this, right, and, and they all kind of coalesce into a consensus. I see. So this leads us into how it affects us today and how it might continue to affect English. Uh, what What's the future of vowels? What trend are we along right now? especially since English has diversified so much since then. So there are standard ways in which um, language changes, right? I mentioned the V to F example, right? Um, and, and so some people think the vowel shift is still going on today, right? right? The main period was 1400 to 1450, but really you can draw a, a longer uh, trend out of this, right? Um, and, and and so you you can predict how people will pronounce English words in the future, but but th there's enough um, variety and enough randomness um, that th that it's it's really a hard thing to do. In terms of how does this affect us today, um, probably the largest field is spelling. Right, English is notorious for its awful spelling uh, conventions, right? And, and this vowel shift is a big part of it because um, because uh, with the printing press, I think is the idea, um, I, spelling has, has ceased to evolve um, at least as rapidly as before. And so we're stuck with, with a lot of these um, pre-vowel shift conventions, right? I mentioned food and good and blood, all spelled with that double O, yet they all have a unique vowel sound, right? Do you think it would be worth coming up with a new way of marking these different sounds, like introducing new letters maybe? So... so um... It's very hard to implement spelling change. There's a lot of public pushback. Um, and, and I think the main idea um, that spelling reformers have these days is to do it slowly and gradually, right? Like um, eliminate, rather than change how you spell uh, food or good or blood, um, just kind of like eliminate the e off of give right mm -hmm. which really doesn't play much of a a role and really no one will really care 
Right. Um, people try to implement spelling chain reform in, in lots of interesting ways, though. Right? I think the Chicago Tribune um, uh, had an initiative where they would um, pick a few words each month um, to oh. um, spell in a different way, like jockey. They eliminated the E. Um, unfortunately, none of their reforms really caught on. Oh, I see. Well, <laughs> they tried. Um, so this sort of leads me to my last question, which is more for you, which would be, what vowels do you think will still be around in 100 years? What ones are here to stay or, you know, aren't changing as quickly? So this is an interesting question, right? B because another thing you see with the vowel shift, both in English and um, the other ones I mentioned before in, in Middle Polish and Ancient Greek, is that uh, not only do you have a change in how people pronounce um, words, but you actually have the merging of vowel sounds, right? So you end up with fewer vowel sounds than you did originally, right? Uh, I think in Polish it went from eight to 12 to 8 or something like that. Um, so I don't have the phonological um, background to tell you which, um, which vowels are going to stick around. Um, if you just had to make a prediction, you know, with the knowledge that you do have or, you know, what, what your favorite vowels are. Um, I think, uh, all right, here's what I have to say. The, we have, we have several letters, right? Vowels. Um, and I think people are going to always have at least five vowels because, um, they will retroactively fit the vowel sounds that uh, they use into the the five letters, right? Um, which I think, even with some spelling change, will will be preserved for a long time, given the amount of um, written language we have around. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It was very nice to talk with you. Um. Would you like to just do a quick version of some of the sources that you have information from? Um, sure. So I... There's a site uh, based off of Harvard, which um, is about uh, Chaucer and the Great Vowel Shift. There's an article on um, the Guernsey donkey. Um, there are some good books and papers that I looked at sections from, right? Um, one of them called A Biography of the English Language um, uh, by Millward and Hayes. And although this is not a complete list of my sources, um, I'll conclude with just where I heard a lot of this talk about spelling change because we ended up talking about spelling reform a lot um, the podcast Lexicon Valley um, oh fantastic has several yes. episodes on spelling reform alright thank you very much um, I think that the word that we said too much this time was vowel 
Um, but despite that, <laughs> or maybe, you know, because of that, uh, I learned a lot about this topic. Thank you so much, Micah. And I think that after learning about the Great English Vowel Shift, I can say that's kind of cool. Thank you.